0: Hi, I'm Matt, and you are listening to Real Things That Really Matter. Our heart in this show is to open up the floor to conversation about topics in the Bible and Christianity that may be hard to understand, and to see them from different perspectives. I know that we don't always agree on some things, but we feel that we should be able to ask questions and listen to each other as we walk through this life following Jesus. So sit back, grab a coffee and enjoy as we venture into another conversation on real things that really matter.
1: It's good to see you. It's good to see you too. I'm glad we're here. Uh, what should we talk about today? I think we're going to go to our emails. We have a good question. We have a, a Re- very deep question. Right, the email. I th-
0: this is a really fascinating question, and one that uh, I think uh, a lot of people have.
1: So. Yeah, I've been asked this many times, especially when I was doing youth group uh, with the kids. The teenagers would ask me this a lot, and and I've had many adults say the same thing. So here we go.
0: Yeah, and it's a question that you know if you're if you're reading the Bible and you read the Old Testament and the New Testament. There's more than a subtle difference between them, to the two, and this discusses that. So, yeah. and it has a question about. It. Let me read the question. The question is: Is God really the same yesterday, today, and forever? How can He be the same God? How can he be the same if God in the Old Testament commanded his people to kill and essentially commit genocide and wipe out entire communities and races of people, the Canaanites, Perizzites, Jebusites, etc.? And he also is the God who commanded, Thou shalt not kill. And then in the New Testament, he is the God who became love incarnate and whose message is that all are loved and welcomed, and grace, mercy, and salvation and given to all who ask, to both Jews and all Gentiles.
1: Yeah, that's a, that's a very common question, I believe. And, and the yeah. hardest thing to do is just say, is God the same yesterday, today, and forever? Yes. Well, and yeah, he says that he is, and we, have,
0: we believe that he is. But in the Old Testament, it does look like he's all angry and fire and brimstone and harsh punishment, where in the New Testament, he's all love, peace, joy,
1: and everything that's good. Right. So it's hard to consolidate the two without really diving in. And, and I'd even challenge to change your perspective maybe, I've had to of some of the things that we read and, and maybe some of the history that we don't have of who some of those nations that we talk about were um, yeah, what's your thoughts Matt?
0: Well God is the same yesterday, today and forever and it looks different in the Old Testament because Jesus isn't in the Old Testament directly
1: yeah not directly mentioned. There's references and and theology suggests that um, you know the angel of the Lord is Jesus, and they're referring to uh, him coming and speaking and, and there's right. times, but it's not Jesus, the one who died and paid the price for my sin, because there's still right. the sacrifice, I mean, right? There's,
0: there's when, you know, Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego were in the furnace and there was yeah. some, a man walking with them. Okay. Looks I like believe, the son of man. Okay. That's Jesus. Okay. Yeah. And then Jacob's ladder, when he wrestled with someone, I think he was wrestling Jesus.
1: Couldn't handle the full, the full one, you know. The full onion. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) That's just a bad joke. Okay. So anyway,
0: so he's mentioned there, but not directly. So, but the New Testament
1: is all about Jesus. This is the plan that God set up was from the beginning with Adam and Eve. And he said, there will come one from Eve, essentially who will crush Satan's head. And that was the reference to Jesus paying the price for sin and redeeming mankind to the father. Right. So, and, yeah. And so if we go back to Abraham and
0: and God's talking to Abraham and he's like, you will be the, the father of many nations. Yes. I will bless the land. I will bless you. And I will bless people who bless you and curse, curse people, people who curse, who curse, who curse you. 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 Yep. Yes. And he gave him, he gave him what? Three or four blessings. Yeah. Okay. And a pretty big promise. Right. that's huge. But then he also said, but the land isn't going to come yet. There's going to be 400 years
1: before you get the land. Right. First, well, first you have to have a kid.
0: Right. And he didn't have one. He was a very old man. He didn't have a kid yet. So he had to have a kid and he
1: jumped the gun on that one. Right. Right. And he
0: did. And so that, that brings up another thing. That's
1: a whole nother story of man's impatience. Right. Trying to fix
0: things to themselves. Exactly. So he was giving them the land of Canaan, and then you have to say, well, what was the land of Canaan? Well, there was Canaanites in it, and where did those guys come from?
1: Mm, where did they come from? Where did they come from? They were the cursed descendants of Ham,
0: right? And so there Noah. was Shem, Ham, and Jepheth were the three sons, and then Ham went there and pretty much mocked his father and made fun of him while he was laying there naked in the tent after he's passed out drunk. Yeah, and then Noah woke up and found out about this it's and he bad. says I will I'm putting a curse on your son Ham and his that son's name was Canaan. Yep. Right. And that became the Canaanites. Yeah. And so they were cursed from the jump. And curses meant something back then
1: and they really did. They carried weight. Seems to, yeah, for sure.
0: And so what were the Canaanites doing that was so bad during the time of
1: Abraham, they're worshiping a false God. And then, and then if, I, if I'm correct, it was a very violent, uh, gruesome type of worship. Right. And they were doing ritualistic
0: prostitution, yep. not just like regular prostitution, but like- Like, hey, you can worship by going to this prostitute. Yes. And like, almost like a sacrificial sex act in front of their fake God. Yeah. And they were, they were sacrificing babies. Yep.
1: So there's... I Canaanites mean, weren't good folks. Complete evil, really. It's what it is. And right. there was a whole culture going this way and leading people away from God and destroying lives and, and totally just um, being, being destructive to what right. God has created. And without Jesus... I don't know that there's a whole lot of hope to turn around from that. Look at the flood when God says the whole earth was full of evil. Every heart was inclined to evil.
0: But even then, so God gave the Canaanites a grace period of 400 years to straighten up. True, And he said, you know, even their transgressions are so bad, it's not bad enough for me to wipe them out. So I'm going to give them this 400 year grace period before I do so. And And then, and then I will, because I'm God and I know what's going to happen. So
1: in comes the Israelites and they had a mission, right? So I want to, I want to interject here with going to the question, is God the same yesterday, today, and forever? And let's, let's break it into a 30,000 foot view. God's plan for us from the very beginning is relationship with him. That's correct. And we screwed it up. We We messed it up. And he said, I'm going to make a way that we can have this again. Immediately. He didn't wait and say, I'm going to try and figure this out. He said, I have a plan and it will come to pass. But that means in his time, right? So God in the old Testament had a plan for redemption, He loved his people. He wanted to see them live the way he created them to live. He had created everyone with a purpose, right? Right. The God uh, we see in the gospels sent his son to make that plan happen. And Jesus paid the price for something that God knew that we couldn't do, even with the sacrifices, even with the law, even with all the things that he set up, he knew that we still couldn't do it. And that's why he had a plan and he was setting this up. And then we see in the very end that he completes his plan and we go and we are introduced to the new heaven and the new earth. Right. So in that sense, in that 30,000 foot view, is God the same yesterday, today, and forever? His plan has never changed. His desire has never changed. On a linear level though, it looks different because we're
0: not, we're not seeing the whole story. Yes. And the story is... It's our mankind's sin in the Old Testament hasn't been forgiven by Jesus.
1: And there's no uh, helper. We don't have, you know, we had David and and even Saul, uh, before he disobeyed God, was filled with the Spirit. And David and Solomon and the judges, Samson, um, they they all were gifted, in my understanding of reading, they were gifted with the Holy Spirit. That would be the Spirit of God that rested on them. So there was few ones that were chosen to lead the people with the strength and spirit of God. Um, But as a whole, like we have now, they were all filled when they followed the God, when they followed Jesus with the spirit. And so I was totally a slave to my sinful nature.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And so even with the story of Noah, God gave them a grace period of 120 years because those people were just... Awful too. Yeah. And he's in before he wiped him out. He's like, Look, I'll give him 120 years and you can preach to him. You can try to turn the tide. Yep. And, but he, but you keep, but building the,
1: keep building the boat though. Yeah. Keep building the boat.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Cause it's, you can, you can try, but I'll give him a chance. But
1: I, I pretty much know the end result. Yep. And so it's almost as if God had to stop the disease from from overtaking the world, the right. And Just God, like, because he didn't stop it in the beginning. After Adam and Eve, there is not a, there's, it doesn't say that God cut himself off from people. Cain even heard from God. Right, he Cain did. heard from God and God said, okay, you are going to walk the earth. He talked, he had direct conversations with direct God. Direct conversations. Yeah. Abel and Cain somehow knew that God was real and they offered sacrifices to him. That wasn't something God had set up. Uh, Adam and Eve, they, they, they talked to God about the kids and knowing that God had given, you know, Eve said, Seth was because God has given me a son um, because Cain took my other one. All of these things, people knew God was real. Noah, how did he know what God was saying? God was speaking to Noah. So God didn't cut himself off yet before the flood, God didn't have the plan that we see after the flood with Abraham set in motion. And so left to our own demise, the disease of sin, the curse of sin overwhelms us. Yeah. And pretty much God has his, his
0: point of, I don't want to say breaking point, but his point where his patience says, okay, I've given you enough time to correct this and you know that you've done wrong and you're not going to, you're never going to change. So I have to take steps. I have to stop it and or it else is, there
1: will be no hope for anyone. And
0: you know, it there isn't some double standard. God has the right to take us whenever he wants to. So it's not like God is committing murder. So he's not. He you know, he he God takes people. He, he is a just is God. He takes people home every justice. single day.
1: So he's, looking at look let's let's say Okay, good father. How do you start with your kids when they're born? You love them and you care for them and you hold them and give them chances. You, you hold the bike as they start to get older, you run behind them. them. Right. Um, You instruct in things that they don't know. And then they hit teenage years and you have to back off a little bit and you say, Hey, you've got to, you've got to really care about what you're choosing to do. These choices have consequences. They're going to, they're going to affect your life. Uh, And then as they become adults, you hold them fully accountable for what they do. Right. God is always labeled and listed and classified and talked about as a father. Does a father act the same throughout the entire life of, of their kids' lives? No, he doesn't. What happens if he does? Well, that wouldn't work. Your kids are a disaster.
0: Right. Right. If you're going to baby them, even when you're baby them, when they're 25 years old, it's, you're not going to let them give the, you're, you're stealing, you're stealing the opportunity for them to grow on their own.
1: Right. And so when we look at God as the father that he's talked about, but we have to look at the old Testament, right. And say, okay, this is pre Jesus, pre Holy spirit. Like there was, there was a lot of work being done. God is setting up his plan and. Let's face it, us human beings are kind of slow to get the point. But even when he set up Israel, um, you know, we always look at Israel as being an exclusive group. And they kind of put themselves out there like that when we read the Old Testament. Like, well, they're exclusive and they just killed everybody because they wouldn't do what Israel wanted them to do. Right. Am I kind of. Well, yeah. And when they conquered
0: the the promised land was finally conquered, God says, you got to wipe everybody out. And you got to kill the the men, the women, and the children. I don't want you, I want you to set you aside as a special nation, and I don't want you
1: mixing in with them. So, and, then, and, and one did- of the things that we don't realize is is when they talk about the giants of the land. Right. When you read back in Genesis, where did the giants come from? We have two, one verse that talks about it.
0: The Nephilim.
1: Yes. Okay. The the Nephilim the the whatever they are are sleeping with the daughters um, of Seth of or, God. Well, of... yeah. However it goes and and creating this race of giants where the men of valor or whatever it's it's this very obscure reference to these beings that are created these giants these uh, I would almost venture to say race against God. And they're kind of the people that are set up in the promised land. We don't really have the backdrop to who these nations are in a very clear sense. What are they doing that is opposing God? Are they setting themselves up as God? What We know that their idol worship and their sacrifices is very gruesome and very destructive. Is God trying to stop something that is destructive and the disease of sin from spreading to do what happened before the flood again, before Jesus comes.
0: Right. And sin has consequence. And when there's no Jesus to to sacrifice for those sins in the Old Testament, then it comes out in print this way. And so it looks this way. It looks very... It Especially
1: looks, from our point of view, yes, as it looks
0: fire and brimstone. Like this is a different god than the one like, that is in
1: the New Testament. Yeah, it, we can't sin, do that. Yeah, how, do you, how, how do how how we wrap our heads around it? Because in America, that is, whoa, right, horrible. It, and God takes sin very seriously, and there's consequences for it. But then, leading up to Israel, when God set up Israel and the law, it wasn't. Israel is obviously God's chosen people. I'm not going to dispute that one little bit. It's God's chosen people to bring Jesus into the world to save mankind. But one thing that I think we forget is that God set up Israel to also be a light to the nations, even then.
0: Well, and it's the chosen people, but I think most of, almost as importantly, if not
1: just as important, is the chosen land. Chosen land, chosen people, and we read through the law, God put in ways that the Gentile people, the outside people could become the chosen people, could become Jews, could become Israelites. It's listed throughout the law, how you can take on the name of God, essentially before Jesus, like God set up Israel to do the same thing that he sets up us up to do with Jesus. But he set them up to do it, knowing that it wasn't a complete plan yet, but it was to bring people in to be a part of his plan, to spread the hope and say, this is what's coming. And Israel was supposed to be that blessing to all the nations, a witness. Right. And so that's what we see in the New Testament.
0: Yeah. And it's interesting that most of these people, if not all of these these tribes and these these ty- uh Canaanites, Parasites, Jebusites, Moabites were a byproduct of disobedience to God yeah, big time. from 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 you know, biblical characters. Yep.
1: So Sp- reading through Genesis, you get the big picture right, of like, where who, these okay, and where started. do those where
0: do those people come from? Or how do they start? And when they began, they all came just to, almost to the just every single one of them, just about, came from sin, yep. from characters
1: in the Bible. Yep. I mean, the Moabites and the Ammonites. I know that wasn't part of the um, people listed in the question, but that was from when Lot ran and left Sodom and went into the cave, and his daughters got him so drunk that he didn't know what was going on, and they got had, yeah,
0: it was the incest that they had, and then they those those. Uh, demonic tribes basically came from that and Offspring
1: so It's I do agree with the statement in the question That you know I'm not going to fully understand why I don't think I will I can't fully understand What it is that God was trying to do But I do know that he is He is. His character never changes His justice never changes His love Never changes, but grace isn't just accepting people and leaving them where they are, and accepting the fact that, well, you're just a sinful person, so I'm going to let you destroy yourself and others. Like, that's not grace. Grace is what it, it's empowerment to be different, better. And he started with Israel saying, You are a no no power, no named people that I started with this man ma- named Abraham in order to raise you up and bring my perfect plan to bear.
0: Right. Yeah. And sin has consequences. God takes it very seriously. And I think even today, you know, either I can think of some examples just of people that I know is like, well, God can only put up with your sinfulness so long, and then He'll take steps. And it's like this is I'm going to correct you on this, and well, He may He may let you be corrected by the the consequences of that sin, or if it's severe enough, it's possible He can take you home.
1: Well, and I think I think the consequences are something we don't like, we don't look at enough. Right. Um, a lot of times I'm and I'm I'm guilty of this. I'm very short-sighted, and can see where you are right now. But when you take, again, back up to the big v- picture and say, okay, so you've you've decided to do this, 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 and this, and you've continued to disobey God and walk into your own selfish plan and your own destruction, your consequences keep adding up. Consequences are there to make you stop, good or bad. If it's a good consequence, I get to stop and reflect on, wow, that was awesome, and here I am, and and this is something that that is rewarding and fulfilling, if it's bad consequences, well, that's hopefully to get you to stop and say, I got to do something different. I need something better in my life. Yes. God doesn't lift the consequences off of us. We see that over and over and over and over again. Israel, after they disobeyed God for so long, was said, okay, guys, you have to be, you have to stop and like, this is the rock bottom moment for you so that you will hopefully... Look to me again the way I've asked you to and taught you to and set you up to do so that you're ready when I set my plan into into full motion. Because it's still coming. Jesus is still coming. You haven't stopped that. You haven't messed up so bad that I'm still not going to send Jesus. But I need you to stop. And I need you to see that worshiping idols and, and the temple prostitution and the um, disrespect of the poor and not taking care of the widows and the orphans and your violent ways, you have to stop and see that I have a better way for you.
0: Right. And it's easy to go ahead on face value and say, well, I kind of feel sorry for the Canaanites, the Perizzites and the Jebusites. And they got, you know, I feel like they were, you know, genocide was committed against them. Well, they they were in the way of God's plan. They weren't doing what they were supposed to do. They were given a chance to to uh, to confess their sin and get out of that, and they didn't. And they're also inhabiting the land that that God needed to save the whole earth. Yeah, he had... he needed that spot of land. That was the the, the place where that would. Uh, access to three continents so he could spread the good news to the rest of the world. It was where it would
1: go out, yeah. Yeah. And so he had, like I said, his plan isn't ever thwarted and his character never changes. But the methods that we get to see, I believe, do. Right. And it's easy to be
0: critical of say, hey, what is... I don't understand this plan that you had where these, these people got murdered and genocide was committed against them. Well... They were screwing up and they were in the way and they weren't, they weren't on the same page with God. And when you're in the way of God's plan, it's not going to turn out good for you.
1: I believe if we really could, here's how I see in the way is directly set up as opposition to God. Not necessarily just being like Israel, right? like Israel was doing things that were wrong and, and trying, they were starting to engage in the other cultures, which is what God said. Don't mix with them so that you're not influenced by them. Um, you need to be set apart. And there's a reason for this so that you can show people who I am, but these other cultures, I believe, cause here's, here's another thing that we don't especially give weight to really in America is the spiritual weight of what was going on with these other cultures, worshiping other gods, little G. Mm-hmm. It says there's other gods, little G, in the Bible. What are these gods? It's not just a piece of wood. What inhabits the worship that isn't worshiping God? They're saying it's demonic? Who else wants worship? Satan does. And he'll get it any way he can. Right. So there's spiritual forces, I believe, that were tied to these cultures Mm -hmm. that started to take over and become more and more destructive, more and more demonic, more and more violent and gruesome and uh, grotesque as it was let to run amok. I mean, how can you place a newborn baby in a glowing, hot, iron set of hands so that they melt to death? I can't even think about it, and call that—that's a sacrifice to my God. Right? Who else? Who is the only person that you could think of that would celebrate in that? Right. Satan. And, yeah. And
0: to on to God's view is like I'm not going to sit here and allow you to to worship demons, worship Satan, and sacrifice these innocent babies to
1: to Satan, and and spread and, this and, to other people. Yeah. On my land, by the way. So God had, and like I said, He had to stop the sickness. I believe. From spreading.
0: Yes. You you just sense, you just can't give, you know, aspirin to
1: the cancer patient and say, so you'll be okay. You yeah. have to get rid of the cancer. You have to get rid of the cancer. And so now with the New Testament, with Jesus, with grace, with the Holy Spirit being poured out on all flesh, he can change his method. Because he's given us the strength and the empowerment to live how he's called us to live. He says, okay, now you have the very strength that will give you the ability to withstand sin, to withstand the worship of these other gods, to choose me and be able to live out a life the way I called Israel to do it. But now I've given you the power. And so he can change his method, but I don't believe his character has changed. Absolutely not. That's, and that's when we read, he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. I think, I think it's more along those lines. Because, again, if you look at a good father, they don't look look the same as when your son or your daughter is born, as when they're uh, preteen, as when they're teenagers, when they're adults, as when they're older adults. And, you know, there's methods that change. But their character, their heart, as well as we can on earth, stays stays consistent, stays and hopefully grows into a a more Christ-like, but... Another story. Anyways.
0: Yeah, and I think I know what you're saying, and but the land being where it was, Israel being where it was, and you know being the gateway to three continents, and then when the Roman Empire came along and made all those roads, and then they they conquered everything, and then they made all these intricate road systems that way, then now they're now is there the mechanism to spread the gospel. Well, right, the timing, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and so I mean, it's not like I guess someone could say, "Well, why didn't Jesus just come earlier?" Well, it wouldn't have had the same impact
1: because the timing was was well, wrong. Well, and not even the timing. Let's well let's, it, let's go back to the father aspect. Okay, if I if I have a, a eight year old, and well, I know that I'm going to um, help them get a car, or I'm going to teach them how to drive. I know I'm going to do that, right? right? But if I do it too early, it's going to be absolutely a disaster. Yes. If I do it when they're eight, um, we're going to go to jail or kill somebody. If I do it when they're 10, it's still too early. If I do it when they're 11, it's too early. At 15, well, that's the time that we start to really implement this plan. And at 16, well, I hope that they're ready to go. Not always is that the case, but I have a process of how I'd raise my children. What if in the history of mankind... The way that it is set up is there's eras of children. Israel is the birth of God's people, and they grow through their growing pains, and they hit this age, and then, well, here's our, here's our age of Jesus where we've hit a time where you understand what I'm trying to do. You understand through everything that I've tried to teach you how important this is. And then we have Jesus who taught us, and now we're in the era of kind of being in adulthood, if you would, of being accountable for our actions, being responsible for our choices and who we choose to follow. And we'll end up in the new era where it's the reward or lack of reward for what we've done in our adulthood, Correct. Being given all the tools that God needed to give us in order to know how to do what he's asking us to do.
0: Yeah. And if you look at the timeline from God's point of view, he's... It's a, it's a timeline of salvation. And he's mm-hmm. like, they're not ready yet for this. There's, this has to come first. This has to come first. I have to so, teach these, them. This, this cancer has to be removed. My people have to be instituted. My land has to be there. Yeah. Okay. Now, now my son has to get into the mix and he has to, and I have to, has to be a perfect sacrifice for the sins of mankind.
1: Right. Cause the there has to be an I...
0: easier way than, you know, I mean, there, if Jesus a hadn't come way. Yeah. There. There has to be a perfect way. And, you know, you can't have Wall Street executives going on the top of the, the Chrysler building and, and sacrificing a bull for their sins. I mean, it's just not going to work. You have to have a, more,
1: a, a much more efficient way for your salvation. What if I just give you something that's perfect or everything you need before you realize the importance of what it means? It's not good. You see that a lot of times and this is this entitlement mentality that we seem to have is I just want it because I know that's something I need but I don't want to have to actually learn how to get it or work for um the the reward. I don't want to have to actually do anything. Just give it to me. And then you don't appreciate it. You don't acknowledge the importance of it. If God would have just said, "Oh yeah, you screwed up. I'm just going to send Jesus now and forgive everything that you've done." Well, I would have just been like, oh, I can just keep doing that then. Right. He knows what he's doing. He has a plan and his plan's working. And it's working. And so his character and his love and what he's set out to do has never changed. Right. It keeps going and it keeps going. Unstoppable God, you know? And even people that did hideous things in the past, he gave them ample grace period in my view. Right. And and so I think, when we see that the methods God had to use, because one thing that we're very, very aware of even today is that God meets us where we are. Yes, he does. Think about Israel being raised in the Egyptian culture for 400 years. Where do you think they were? They hadn't been given the law. They hadn't ever really experienced God. They hadn't ever met him in a way that they did on Mount Sinai. They had been, Completely immersed in the idol worship and satanic rituals that Egypt had adopted. That's what they knew beyond a shadow of a doubt. And so God met them right where they were and said, I will be your God. I will be your only God. And I have rescued you from the hand of the Egyptians.
0: I haven't forgotten
1: about you. And he started to teach them who he is. Yeah. So... It's a it's a hard thing to understand, and I again I go back and I agree with the sentiment in the question that we probably won't ever have a complete understanding of why. Right, and it does look like two
0: different gods, and it does, and I understand with the nature of the question, but if you have to, you've took you know like a a a bird's eye view of the whole situation of the timeline. It had
1: to happen this way. And God's, God, what does it say? God's uh, one day is this a thousand years and a thousand years is as a day. God sees the big picture and he also sees the intricate details. And the one thing, and I'm going to, I'm going to end with this one. Um, My favorite thing that I've read in the New Testament is when Jesus tells his disciples, why are you asking me to show you God? If you have seen me, you have seen God. Jesus is saying, if you've seen me, you've seen the father, you've seen the father, you've seen his heart, you've seen his desire for people. I am showing you physically what that is. And so when I take it through that lens, then I have to start really questioning some of the things that I read that are hard in the old Testament, especially in the old Testament and say, what am I missing? Because if Jesus says, I'm seeing God, manifested in him then I have to try and see that through all of the scripture. And it's something that I'm wrestling with still to this day going, that one doesn't make any sense. Uh, I'm going to just go on faith with this one. <laughs> <laughs> it was an excellent
0: question though. It was. I enjoyed it. And
1: it's probably, I don't, I have enjoyed it too. And, and that's probably the deepest I've ever gone in talking about it. So thank you, listener, for writing that in. I hope that uh, this maybe got a little bit of clarity or answered a few direction of, of question that you had. And if not and we missed something, shoot us an email. Yeah, we'll, we'll read try another to, one. We'll circle back around. We could totally have missed the point, and you can say, nope, try this one. We'd <laughs> love to do it. All right, guys. God bless you. God bless. Thanks, Matt. Thanks, Mike. Till next time.
0: Thanks for joining us today. We hope that you have been challenged to study God's word, to find out what it says, and to build on what you believe. Our heart is to help create a desire in you to draw closer to Jesus. If you would like to contact us with questions or comments, email us at MikeMattRealThings at gmail.com. On Facebook, Real Things That Really Matter. And on Twitter, at MMRealThings. We would love to hear from you. Follow us on your favorite podcast platform to stay in the know of what we are doing. Again, thanks for joining us today. May God bless you and keep you. See you next time.